praise the Lord for that. Uh, even though we may not find a whole lot in the world to go to, uh, and uh, the world may fail us and other folks as well, but we can always go to the Lord. Good song. Thank you so much for that. All right, we're going to be in the book of Ephesians tonight, uh, chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6. And uh, we're going to begin there in verse 5, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 5. And uh, not too much um, not too much longer uh, in the book of Ephesians. I'm going to say uh, after this message, there may be maybe two, maybe more after this. We'll see how it goes. But Ephesians chapter 6, and we'll begin there in verse 5. And uh, we had been talking about um, uh, the... Uh, the spirit-filled life there in chapter 5, and then we came down to chapter 6 uh, and was um, continuing really to continue to talk about that before we get into uh, before we get into verse 11 where it talks about putting on the whole armor of God, uh, which uh, is another reason why that we need to make sure that we're walking in the spirit. Because when you read verses 11 and following towards the end of the chapter, uh, the believer definitely needs to make sure that he is filled with the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, uh, so that he uh, can stand against his enemy. The Bible says the adversary, the devil. Uh, and so we need to make sure uh, as God's people that we are definitely filled with the Spirit. And as I said, walking in the Spirit uh, for that. Uh, but even, listen, prior to that, lots of other reasons why. Uh, because your, uh, your church needs you to walk in the Spirit. Your wife, your husband needs you to walk in the Spirit. Your children need you to walk in the Spirit. Uh, the workplace needs you to walk in the Spirit. Uh, and so there are many different reasons why we need to be a people that are walking in the Spirit. Uh, and, of course, leading up to, of course, the very end part of chapter 6, uh, where are you talking about uh, there in verse 11 and following? But before we get to that, uh, we're going to begin there in verse 5. And we had got done talking the last time we were together uh, about how the children be, uh, being in obedience to the parents and their, uh, their, their honoring there in verse 2 of chapter 6, their mother uh, and their father, uh, and how there in verse 4, talking about how he uh, pulled out the fathers there and said, and ye fathers. And the reason why now he said, and ye fathers, after he got done speaking about the mothers and the fathers, is because he wanted to specifically make sure that everybody knew, uh, that the brethren knew that men, you're the ones that are leading your families. You're the ones that are in charge of, uh, of, uh, of, in essence, their spirituality in the home. You are the ones that are leading them there. And so you need to make sure uh, that as you are raising your family then in the nurture and admonition of the Lord that you are uh, that you're doing right uh, and so he said there in verse 4 he says provoke not your children to wrath do you understand with the idea of that you're the head of the home but don't be someone that is unreasonable difficult and hard uh, and wrathful uh, there in your family but but be a person who is gentle and kind of course uh, exemplifying the uh, and demonstrating the, uh, of being filled with the spirit of God and producing the fruit of the spirit of God in your life and so going on to say then there in the latter part of verse 4 to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord you know be a man that is uh, that is helping them to grow be a man that is helping them to a leader in the home that is helping them to be more like Christ you know giving them the instruction of God how God said to live what God said to do and all these different types of things that uh, that our children are going to need uh, as uh, they're not only living underneath your roof but as they go out into the world and they face all the things that are out there because listen we are uh we, we, we're doing everything we can to equip them in the house of God. Uh, but listen, don't just don't just use the house of God to equip your kids to train them how they need to be how they need to live out in the world. You know, as moms and dads, that is first and foremost uh, the parents' job to do that. 
mom and dad, that is, or whoever it is that is raising up the children, that is their responsibility to make sure that they are raising those kids, those kids up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Uh, and, and so, uh, and, and the church, of course, coming along with that as a help and as an aid to continue to provide guidance and, and, and correction and all those different types of things, of course, to help with the family. Uh, but he, but he points out the men there in verse four to let them know that, listen, guys, listen, husbands, you're the one that needs to start this. You're the one that's in charge of this. You're the one that needs to, uh, to be in control of this. Uh, and so then he gets down to verse five. So we end up, we leave, we get to the children. Then we, we got to the husband and the wife. And then he narrowed that, narrowed it down to the husbands there in verse four. And then we leave the family unit in essence. And we get down to verse five. And now we begin to talk about our social life, all right, our life outside of our home and now, uh, out into the world, out in the workplace and, and our social environment, uh, in essence, really outside of church, outside of home, outside maybe perhaps our husbands, wives, and kids. Now we're out in the world. So now what are we going to do out there? And how are we going to live? And so he says there in verse 5, he says, Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in singleness of your heart, as unto Christ. And so there in verse 5, we see that, of course, he's, uh, he, he, mentions, uh, he mentions there the servants. Now, of course, we all are that uh, to a degree, but... Uh, but uh, but in essence, really pulling out those pulling out those folks that uh, uh, that maybe like you think about bond servants or folks that are uh, that that maybe are indentured. You know they. Uh, they are uh, in debt for, to some degree for whatever, and uh, and so they they owe a personal debt to someone, and because they owe a personal debt to someone, they are in essence a, a bond servant. They serve this individual, doing whatever it is that they got to do until until that debt is paid for. And so uh, he says, listen there in verse 5, he says, Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh. Uh, and so what well, we see these servants, now we get out here in this world, we understand, we apply that today, that listen, we are, uh, we, when we have a job, we're in essence, we are servants of that job. There's responsibilities that we have to, to do to them. Now, we're not bond servants in essence to them, but we're just servants. Same application we can take right here. Uh, and so, in essence, servants out there in the world, they are jobs we people go to and they're making money and they're providing for the families and these types of things. And, and so we can take that today. We apply that to our life and notice what he says. Listen, when we're out there in the workplace and we have, uh, we have, we're working for a company or we're working, you know, working for other people and things like that. What do we do? He says there in verse five, servants be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh. In other words, he says, Listen, uh, be, be, uh, be, be obedient to them. Do, do what it is that you're, that's being asked of you to do. Be a good servant. Be a good worker. Amen. I mean, that's a good Christian testimony, right? To be a good servant, to be a good worker, to be, to be that which it is that they hired you to be, right? Uh, to be that kind of person. Uh, listen, I don't know about you, but I'm sure you just as well as I have has been to places, especially if it deals in customer service, that maybe you've been to some places and you thought, man, allow, they can really use some customer service around here. You ever thought about that? You know, maybe you go through a drive-through somewhere, and you're thinking, "Great day in the morning." Nobody smiled. Nobody said hello. Nobody said good afternoon. I left, and I told them thank you, and they never said a word. You know what I'm saying? And so that's what I'm trying to get at. You know, just but I know. Listen, folks got things going on all throughout the day, and we don't always know what everybody's dealing with, and and everybody has a day. And so I get that you shed grace and and all of that. But I'm just simply saying that. 
that I think we see here that God's calling his people. He says, listen, when you go out there in the real, when you go out there in the world and we're at, and we're out there and we're, and, and we are, uh, we are uh, in the job place and we're working and we're serving and whatever it is that we're doing, he says, listen, make sure you, you're obedient to them that are your masters, that you are, you're doing that which they've called you to do. You're doing that which they've asked you to do. Uh, being a good servant, being a good worker in the place where, uh, where you are at. But notice he says, according to the flesh. That, that, that the whole idea about that is that, listen, you do what it is that they've called you to do, what, what you have been, in essence, hired to do, or what you're supposed to do for them. But listen, that's all, that's all that you are uh, expected to be obedient to them in. You're not expected to be obedient to them in what they believe as far as their religious practices and all that kind of stuff. But in, but in the flesh, you know, uh, this is what they've hired you to do. This is what your job is. Be obedient to that, uh, you know, and be a good worker and be a good servant. But do that according to the flesh, you know, not uh, that, uh, that deals with your, your labor and what you are there for. Uh, not in anything else, but what you are there for. So just be, be, have a good testimony, he says. When, in essence, when you're out there, service, be obedient to them. Um, uh, that are you masters according to the flesh? Watch this with fear and trembling. For what for? Well, I with fear and trembling. Well, the whole idea, of course, is uh, especially with a, uh, especially with the bond service. But listen, if we apply that today, even if we have a job uh, out here in the workplace, listen, you don't do it. You don't do what you're supposed to do. What happens? Well, you get in trouble, right? You get fired, or you know, you get reprimanded, or whatever else that it is. And so there are consequences that come with that. Uh, and so, and so the whole idea is, listen, when you go out here in this world, man, uh, live how God's called you to live. Do it. God's called you to do what it is that you have to do while you're out there. Be obedient. Be 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 truthful. Be honest. Be be trustworthy. Have a have a good testimony of who of who your of who your uh, of who your Lord and Savior is. Notice he says there in verse five, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling. Watch this now. In singleness of heart, as unto Christ. Singleness at the idea of wholeness or unity of heart and singleness of your heart as unto Christ. And so the idea is this, listen, is I'm going to, I'm going to serve out there in the workplace. And he's going to mention it right here in a few minutes too, some more, but we're going to serve out there in the workplace, not as I'm necessarily really serving them, but I want to be a testimony unto Christ. I want to be a test. I, I, I want to be. I want to be. I want to be the, in essence, really uh, the best worker I can be. Not just because I'm working for them, but because, in essence, really, I'm a. I'm a. I'm an ambassador of Christ. I'm a testimony to the Lord. And so, by me being the best that I can be, uh, by me being the best that I can be uh, 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 for God, I'm going to be the best that I can be for them. So we've got to change our focus. We got to change our folks. We got to change how we see it, and it's not always easy to do that, especially uh, especially under some circumstances. But listen, the idea is this: you think about it now. When we change, when we change our focus on who it is that we're really serving in this situation. Now we can say, you know what? I can't stand this job. I don't like this job, and and, and you know, praise the Lord that most of the places today we don't like it. We can tra- we have the uh, we have the ability to go somewhere else. Not everybody has that, but the uh, but I think we can all agree tonight that when we say, you know, when we change our focus. About who we're really serving first, first and foremost. If I if I say, you know what, I'm going to do this job, but I'm going to do this job as I'm serving God, not because I necessarily like what I'm doing, but I'm going to do it because I'm going to be a testimony to the Lord, and I'm going to be obedient to Him, and I'm going to do that which He's asking me to do. Now, you change your focus. You say, well, I'm going to do this for God. You're just by nat- you're just naturally going to do a very good job, and you're going to be a blessing to those people. And uh, and by, and by doing it for God, you're just going to uh, be ter- do a tremendous job. For them, but listen now. If you only do what you're doing for them, 
then I tell you what, we've kind of lowered the bar. Now we're not doing for God anymore. Now we've, we've lowered the bar a whole lot. Uh, now I'm just gonna, now I'm gonna do it for them. Now if I'm only gonna do it for them and they, and they make me mad or they make me upset, you know what I might do? I might just say, well, I'm not gonna do such a good job next time. You know? But if I tell you what, but if we keep our focus on serving God, Lord, I'm, I'm gonna do this because God, I wanna be pleasing in your sight. God, I'm gonna do this even though I may not necessarily want to, I don't have the desire to, uh, I don't feel like it, maybe, maybe they have done me wrong, but God, I'm gonna do this because I'm gonna be pleasing to you. I tell you what, you never know what may happen in the midst of all of that, how God may move and how God may bless and how God may really turn things around uh, in the midst of that. You know why? Because we sought to have this idea that I want to please God, not please man, right? But I tell you what, if you please God first and foremost, most of the time by naturally what happens is because of uh, just by default you please God, naturally most of the time you tend to do a whole lot better for everybody else. I tell my, I tell my kids all the time. I was actually just telling Brianna the other day. I said, I can love Amy more, and I can love her more by putting her second in my life instead of first. If I love God and I have a desire to please God, be pleasing Him and love Him like I'm supposed to, if I have a desire to please Him and love Him and to be obedient to Him like I should, if I, if I do that, I'm just naturally going to be better for her. But if I put her first and foremost, if I put her first over God, or if I put her first over anything else, then now really what I did is I've lowered the bar. Same for her. Listen, I want to focus, I want to be obedient to God. And if I'm obedient to God, I'm following God and I'm walking with God and I'm loving God that in the process of doing that I'm just going to naturally be the husband that I need to be for her. Does that make sense? And so I can love my wife better by making her second than I can make her first. I can be a better husband to her by putting her second place in my life and putting God first in my life. Now I do premarital counseling when folks um, before they get married and even, and even at other times. And I just draw the simple triangle. I'm sure many have probably seen it before. And folks come in, they say, well, you know what? I, husband says he feels like I'm on this side. And the wife says she feels like, well, I'm on this side. And we're this far apart. And, you know, we got, there's just nothing, you know, just, we've, we've just grown apart together. And so my very first question is, so what's, your relation, what's your fellowship like with God? What, is God? what is God like in your life? Is he the first person in your life? Because, listen, you draw this triangle, you put God at the top, you put the husband over here, and you put the wife over here. And just and, and, and when the, if you decide to put God first in your life, then what happens if both of them decide to do that? You just naturally gravitate towards God. And then you know what? When you put God first, you know what? Right up underneath God is the husband and the wife. You know what happened to them? They got closer together. You know why? Because they put God first in their life. So I'm just, I know it's just a simple illustration, but I'm just telling you, we, we, we take that very same principle and we apply it to other aspects of our life. And I think it'll work right here in verse 5 too. Servants be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling. Why? Because there are consequences when we don't live, when we, when we don't do that which we are supposed to do. And he says, do it in singleness of heart with all of your heart, with everything that you got. Listen, not as, not, not as unto them, but as to Christ. Don't lower the bar but set the bar high. Serve serve, and work and do it as you're doing it unto God. Because listen, if you have a desire to do it as you're serving God, then you're going to say, well, I'm going to do this the best I can because I'm doing this for God. I'm not doing it for them. But in the process of you doing it for God, you're doing the best job you can for them. Does that make sense? And so, and so that's what we see. And he says, do it. Uh, uh, do it with uh, do it with all your heart. Leave a good testimony. Leave a good testimony behind. You know, whenever I left uh, when I left Carter a few weeks ago, uh, and, and I told some of you this. You know, uh, you know, I gave him a six week notice. I thought it was only right, and I'm not 
patting myself on the back by no means. I'm just saying, just using his testimony sake, that, you know, when I left Carter, I gave him a three-week notice. I figured, you know what, I'll give them, I'll give them triple the amount of time that they expect. And so I, instead of just giving two weeks, I told him I was going to give him two. I told him I was going to give him a notice, and he said, oh, he said, how much you need? He said, well, two weeks be fine. I said, I'm going to give you three. So I gave him a three-week notice because I thought, you know what, that would be a good testimony that, that, uh, that, I can, that I can leave behind for them so that when they ever think about Brian ever being there, they won't say, well, he was just a guy that just up, jump, jump ship and quit, you know, and, uh, but he was a guy that gave us plenty of time. He worked with us. He helped us and all of those different types of things. I was interested in leaving a good testimony behind, so much so that even whenever I left, they said, hey, we'll, we'll pay you more to stay. But I said, you know what, uh, uh, God's called me to preach, and my, I need, my church needs me, and this is where I need to be at, and God's, just, God's ordained and planned it all out, and this is where I need to go, and so now I'm here. But I'm just simply saying that, that, uh, that in the midst of us serving the Lord, in the midst of us uh, uh, out here in the world, man, we, we do what we're supposed to do, we live how we're supposed to live, we serve like we're serving God, and listen, some days, some days it's easier than others. Listen, sometimes you get to work, and you ain't in the mood to deal with it. We all know, listen, <laughs> I'm, I know, I know, what, I know what it's like. I know what it's all about. Sometimes you get there and you're just like, man, before you even start anything, I ain't in the mood for this. I'm ready to go back to the house. Listen, I get it. I'm right, <laughs> right there in the ship with you. I get it. I understand we all have those days. But ultimately speaking, when we get out here in the world and we live our life, one of the greatest things that we can ever leave behind or leave somebody that day is a good testimony of who God is. Because that may be the only testimony they ever see of Christ in ever, period. And so we want to leave something good behind. And so there in verse 5, servants may be it. Now, verse 6, notice he says, now as we're out there doing this, notice what he says. He says, not with eye service as men pleaders. You know what that means? Not just when they're looking Not just whenever they're paying attention. Don't just do it whenever they're looking because, uh, you know, when the boss is away, it's time to play, you know. But not just, not just whenever they're looking, not just whenever they're paying attention, but you just do it because you know it's the right thing to do, regardless of who's around, right? That gets into your character, the kind of person that you really are on the, the, person you really are on the inside when nobody else is around, nobody else is there, and, and nobody else is observing. You know, it gets into your integrity and your trustworthiness and your honesty and, 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 and all of those things. I'm not just going to do it. Just, I'm not just going to do it because I want to be uh, 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 do eye service just whenever they're watching. And I'm also not just going to do it just because I want to be have have a prideful heart. But Lord, I'm going to do it as I'm as I, as I'm uh, as unto you. Notice He says there in the text. As uh, not with eye service as men pleaders, but as the servants of Christ. You do it not because they're looking, but you do it because the Lord's looking. Because Christ sees, because Christ is looking. Because listen, God knows everything, right? And there's nothing that we can do that God doesn't know. And so we, and so we don't just do what we're supposed to do just because uh, the boss man's looking or because somebody else is looking or anything like that or because we want to uh, uh, try to lift ourselves up in pride in front of them or get acknowledgement from them, but because we do it because we know that what we're supposed to do is right and regardless of whether or not they see it or not, Christ does, the Lord does. And so we do it. As servants of Christ. Watch this now. Doing the will of God from, from the heart. And what is the will of God? Well, the will of God would definitely be, first and foremost, that you would be having a good testimony out there in the world. 
that you would serve with a, an upright heart, that you would serve as a person who is uh, exemplifying righteousness and holiness and, and, and the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Verse 7, he says, uh, he says uh, with goodwill, doing service as to the Lord and not to men. So several times there, he's already mentioned there in verses 5 and 6 and 7 that we're doing this as we're doing it to God. There in verse 7, with goodwill. You know what that means, man? You're going to do what you do. Try to do what you're doing, in essence, with, uh, uh, with, with the right motive, yes, with the right motive, but also trying to do it with, uh, with a cheerful heart. And, you know, and, uh, and sometimes it's not uh, certain situations, certain times. That's not maybe always the easiest thing to do uh, with, with a cheerful heart. But I tell you what, when we really concentrate and focus on the things we really got to be cheerful about and joyful about, there's a whole lot to smile about today. And I know there are things that come up in our life that, you know, that get us down and make us hang our head down and make us kind of frown a little bit. Listen, I get it. I know it. Uh, and, and we have our moments there. But listen, ultimately, ultimately as Christians, we got so much to look forward to. And there is so much for us to spread, not just good news to spread, not just verbally and sharing the good news of Christ and how great he is, but also when people and, and, and the testimony that they hear about that comes out of our mouth, but the testimony that they see demonstrated in our life as a light for Christ, you know, as, as someone who has a joyful spirit, as someone who, as someone who is honest and, and has some integrity about themselves and, and, and has someone that they, that, that they can see uh, is, uh, is, is different than all the other folks that are around them. And he says, with goodwill, doing service as to the Lord, because listen, whenever we serve the Lord, we do it uh, we do it out of goodwill. We do it out of cheerful heart. We do it because we want to, right? We do it because uh, we all have a desire to do it. So he says, with goodwill during doing service as to the Lord and not to men. So I think we can see that there in verse 7 is sometimes we've got to look past not just ourselves, but sometimes we've got to look past the situation. Sometimes we've got to look past the idea that, you know what? This, uh, we'll go back to the idea. Man, I don't like this place. I can't wait to get out of this place. And this, I, I get it, I understand. But I tell you what, sometimes, I tell you what, uh, as I said before, a lot of it's about perspective. And if we spend our whole day just saying, if we spend our whole day just saying, man, I, I hate this job. I hate these people. I hate everything about this place. You know what? You're going to probably have a miserable day. Probably going to have a miserable day. But you know what? We try to change our focus. We try to change our focus. And, we, and I'm not just talking about just... I mean, it is positive, but I'm not just talking about just uh, having a positive outlook, but, uh, but granted it is. But I'm talking about focusing, I'm talking about zeroing in on a little bit more than that and thinking, I'm doing this, I'm doing this because I'm, I'm going to be a testimony and an example of who God is in my life. And I can demonstrate that to these folks right here. Because listen, sometimes the job place out there, they don't want you to, you can't, uh, they can't get out the gospel tracks. And you can't hang the stuff up for church anymore. And you can't do a lot of these things like you used to be able to do anymore. I mean, there's some places that don't like that. And they're very against that. So when it gets down to that place, when it gets down to that, what can you do? Well, you can be the greatest example of who Christ is through your life by people looking at you if they don't allow those types of things. And so I think right here we can see that, man, we, we change our focus as I'm not just doing it for them, I'm not just doing it for this place, but, but I, especially if we you know, don't like where we're at, but man, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it, I'm doing it for God. I'm doing it for God. And I believe God will bless that, and I believe God will honor that. And the Bible says, with goodwill, doing service as to the Lord, and, uh, and not to men. So trying to be cheerful and trying to be more positive about the environment that we're in uh, and where we're at, and some are better than others 
And uh, there in verse 8, notice what he says. He says, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord. The idea there in verse 8 is, listen, you start doing all these things. He says there in verses 5, 6, and 7. You start doing all these things there in verses 5, 6, and 7. He says there in verse 8, knowing that's, that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same, the same shall uh, he shall receive of the Lord. So in other words, we see that, listen, the world may not give us anything for it. The world may not acknowledge it. And the world may not ever appreciate it. The world may never say thank you. The boss man may never say thank you, you know. They, they, may never, uh, they may never do this for you. And they may never do this for you. And they may never do this for you. But you know what? There is a reward in heaven. And there is, I think, blessings, not just the come down in our life now, but also blessings later. And the Bible shows us here, I believe, that we can see out of verse 8 that even though even though the world may not acknowledge all these things that are the, the, the things that we do and they may not even appreciate it, but there is one that does. There is one in heaven that does who is our Lord, who is our God, who sees down from heaven everything that takes place, everything that's going on. And we just live as we're living for God, we serve as we're serving God. We work as we're serving God. And even though the world may not honor it, the world may not appreciate it, the world may not say thank you, the world may not give you a reward for it, they may not give you a bonus for it, they may not ever do any of these things, but there's a God in heaven that will. There's a God in heaven that will. And he says, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord. And so you can see a blessing, a blessing that you receive. And what, what could that blessing be? I don't know. I mean, it could be a whole host of things. I mean, God's a great God. He's got a huge imagination. God can bless in any kind of way he wants to bless. Is it, uh, will it be, would it be uh, financially? Well, I mean, it could be. But you know what? His blessings may just come in the idea that he put his finger on your dryer and kept it running for another year. Amen. He put his finger on the uh, he put his finger on the belt in the car and said, "Well, it would have broke, but you know, I'm going to keep it there until things get a little bit better." I'm just telling you. I mean, God can do all kinds of things. What does the, what does the Bible tell us when when God's people they wandered around the wilderness for forty years and they closed it anywhere else? I mean, if God can if God can put His hands on the clothes of the people that they wore for forty years, they say those men saved tons of money, <laughs> tons of money. They didn't have to worry about the wife running down to Target and going to Kohl's and wherever else they buy all this stuff at. Amazon wasn't around, you know? None of that stuff. Guys were rich back then. I'm just picking. But you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm telling you, God can bless in all kinds of ways. We serve a big God can bless in any way. And it's not always just not always just financially. Man, sometimes it's blessings that come and, and keeping you safe when you're driving down the road. Sometimes it's blessings that come that keep you from maybe from having a heart attack or, or your blood pressure from going up. Or sometimes it's blessing uh, uh, God brings you across the path with somebody that uh, maybe throughout that day or maybe even a, a friend that you end up making for life that, that is able to encourage you, whatever it could be. I mean, the possibilities are endless with the God that we serve. I'm just trying to get us to see tonight that, listen, we if we just be obedient to God and that which God is calling us to do, even if the world don't recognize it, even if they don't shake your hand or give you a pat on the back. Listen, there is one, there is a one in heaven, a God in heaven that sees it all and knows it all. And I guarantee you this, the blessing you'll receive from heaven will be far greater than any blessing anybody around here can give. And so, 
I do believe that as we read the scriptures, God says, yes, we need to make sure we have good testimony. We need to make sure that we are the servants that we're supposed to be out here in this world, in the job place, in the workplace, and all this. Uh, uh, but, but, do so, no, but do so because uh, do so because you're putting God first. And not them, but do so because you're putting God first. Because if you put God first, you'll be the best servant. Just as I put my wife, if I put God first, I'll be the best husband. You know, that, that kind of thing. There, verse 9, notice, he says... And ye masters, notice, so he, 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 we talked about the servants all this time, but notice what he said there in verse 9. And he says, and ye masters, listen, those of you that are, that are over the ones that are serving, those of you that uh, maybe, maybe it's your business, maybe you're the one in charge, whatever it is. And he says, and ye masters, do the same things unto them. See, this wasn't just a one-way street. It wasn't just, well, the, the servants, you just, uh, you just put God first and, and, and serve God first in your life and then you'll be the best servant to them that you can be. But it was also, listen, those of you that are in charge, those of you that are, those of you that are over everything else and those of you that are in charge of, of the labor field, those of you that are over all the things that the servants are doing, listen, the servants don't need to just make sure they're doing this in their life, but he says there in verse nine, and you masters do the same things unto them. And so this was an equal partnership where the, where the servants are doing the best they can for God and then by doing so they would do the best they could for their employers uh, or, the perp- or the people that they're working for and, and the people that are over them, uh, the, the, the employer or, or the, the person in charge, whoever it is, then by them putting God first and they will be a better employer to you. Does that make sense? Or whoever it is that is over you, whoever it is that is in charge. And so it was a, a partnership, you know, between us, between us and the employer and God. Same triangle. Does that make sense? Same, you can use the same triangle there. And when we all do it together, we all get closer to each other as we get closer to God. And that's the idea. And so he says there in verse 9, And you masters do the same things unto them, watch this now, forbearing, forbearing, threatening, forbearing, threatening. You know, that, that, that idea of uh, forbearing has the idea of being patient, you know, and, and uh, taking a moment to really relax. You know, you're not this person that comes out and, you know, you're, you're not this, uh, this employer or this taskmaster, so to speak, that comes out and you come out breathing threatenings and, you know, you're scrutinizing all the time and you're just mean and just have a, have a bad spirit about yourself. But he says, remember, he says, masters do the same thing for bearing threatening, you know, don't come out there harsh and don't come out there, you know, uh, ill-tempered and, and all these things. But he says, but, but refrain from this kind of behavior, refrain from this kind of spirit. And in essence, really just relax a little bit and understand that, listen, you, uh, you are serving God too, just like they are serving the Lord. Uh, Exemplify some patience in your life because God is exemplifying a lot of patience in your life. Uh, And so forbearing, threatening, watch this now, knowing that your master, and who is that master? That's the master in heaven. That's the Lord himself. Knowing that your master also is in heaven. Neither is there any respective persons with him. And so as God looks down from heaven, he looks down at those that are over everybody else. And when he looks past, and he looks not just, he's only just looking down at those that are over everybody else, but he's looking at those that those people are over. And he expects the same thing out of them all. Nothing different because he's no respecter of persons. They need to be obedient to, they need to be obedient to Christ just as they need to be obedient to Christ. Neither one's any different from the other. 
And so he shows us here that what we've got to do is, there in verse 9, is the, is the, uh, the masters, those that are in charge, those that are in the leadership, those that are, we can, we can call them the CEOs in today's language, if you want to use that by way of application, they do exemplify mercy and grace and, and justice and not be mean-spirited and because they have to understand that there is one that is over them as well. And the one that is over them is the God of heaven who also sees every. Everything that's going on. So the servant has to answer to the, the servant answers to the master, but this master answers to, to God Himself. So everybody has somebody to answer to. And, and you can't get no greater than God. And so he says um, that your master also in heaven, neither is there respect of persons with him. So as we close that out tonight, and we're going to begin next week in Wednesday in, in verse 10. As we work our way down into the spiritual side of things and putting on the armor of God and the spiritual battles that we face, and there in verse 12, uh, talking about the different uh, things that we wrestle with, not flesh and blood, but principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places, all these different things because, listen, we're living on a battlefield. And on this battlefield that we're living in, we need to make sure that we are filled with the Spirit of God. And, um, and because, listen, your family's counting on it. Your kids are counting on it. Your husband's wives are counting on it. The workplace is counting on it. Uh, your nation's counting on it. The community's counting on it. The church is counting on it. Listen, everybody's counting on We're all counting on each other to be filled with the Spirit of God. Amen? Every single one of us. Uh, and, so there's, um, and so there's a lot. And so uh, as we close this out tonight, I tell you what, man, just we do all we can. We do all we can to be what we're supposed to be out there uh, in the world. Listen, some workplaces are more pleasant to work than others, and God may open up a door if you're if you're really not if you're really not that happy there. God may just may open up a door where you can get out of that. And you pray about that, and if God gives you an opportunity. Then hey, if you feel like that's what the Lord wants you to do, then I would say by all means do it. Um, but sometimes we may not always have that uh, that ability at the moment. But I tell you what, if we just serve God the best we can. Serve God the best we can at that time, at that moment. I believe God will open up a door for us to be where he needs us to be. Amen. And we pray for that and we look for that. And listen, as God looks down from heaven, he knows our situation. He knows where we're at. And he'll supply the grace and he'll supply, I think, all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for this night. And God, you are so good to us. We are a blessed people. Lord, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, as we... Go out into this world, God, that you'd help us just to be the people that you need us to be. Lord, that we would love on each other, God, that we would exemplify uh, your, your love and, and, Lord, your light in our life uh, so that others can see it. And uh, there's lots of folks that we meet outside these doors that, um, that, uh, that perhaps don't know who you are. They don't know the things of the Bible. and They don't, they don't even know. They may have heard your name, Lord Jesus, but they don't really know anything about you but through us it could be that they're able to and and through our testimony by the way we live and conduct ourselves that it could be that even through that that we may be able to win some people over to you and uh, lord i pray that you just bless everyone as we go out god give us opportunities this week to be a blessing to others to help others to be a light to others maybe even perhaps to guide and direct maybe even sometime maybe even somebody this week we would have the opportunity to lead them to you but, Lord, whatever, that, whatever it is that you have in store for any of us this week, God, I pray that you'd bless it. Help us, God, to be aware of what uh, you're doing in our life, that you would guide and direct. 
And I pray, God, you keep everybody safe as we leave. Bring us, uh, please bring us back here at our next appointed time. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.